The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Nance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and backroads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you along with us. Tall guy Nathan. Nathan Miller is at the board. He's our producer, and we are ready to go. I have a rhetorical question for you all. Are you tired of hearing the phrase pain at the pump? Well, of course, who isn't? There are antidotes on the way, ladies and gentlemen. That's what science is telling us. Right now, a current generation of fuel technology scientists are developing ingenious alternatives. And you know what? Their research in some cases is being funded by large corporations like BMW, for example, who see a future economic boon in zero net carbon fuels. Sometimes they're called e-fuels. That's a lot of science, and I'm no scientist. And the gentleman we're going to have on claims also not to be a scientist, except he has one huge advantage over me. Mark Green is a celebrated car culture maven, and he has his finger on the pulse of fuel technology and just about every other aspect of what can take you on the open road. This is American Road Trip Talk, and we'll be talking with our buddy Mark Green right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, Alert Drops will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get Alert Drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Planning a road trip soon? West Tennessee is full of history, adventure, and natural beauty. Hear the stories of West Tennessee's legendary music and taste the flavors our region is known for. Wander down the Ghost River and sit on the steps where Alex Haley learned about his roots. No matter your passion, West Tennessee has it. The adventure starts in Memphis, but it doesn't end there. Visit WestTennesseeDayTrippin.org. That's W-E-S-T-T-N-D-A-Y-T-R-I-P-P-I-N.org. Adventure is waiting. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Mark Green is the producer and host of the Cars Yeah! podcast, a five days a week show where he interviews inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and he knows them, believe me. These are people from around the world who have united their passion for cars, motorcycles, trucks, racing, and road trips with their businesses and personal lives. 
Cars Yeah was founded over five years ago and it's going on seven, I think now. I got to update this thing. And since then, Mark Green has swapped stories and insights with an ever growing list of impressive guests. He's always an impressive guest when he joins us on American Road Trip Talk. Mark Green, welcome, sir. Gary, welcome. And thank you for having me back on your show. Uh, this is exciting. Happy New Year, if it's not too late to suggest that to you and our producer, Nathan, today. Uh, very excited to be back on the show and talk about some awesome new technology. And yeah, I'm closing in actually on eight years with Cars Yeah, and I just hit amazing mile marker for me, 2000th show uh, this week. So uh, yeah, we're Bravo. just talking a lot to people. Thanks. Oh, that's wonderful. It's never too late to see to say Happy New Year, we try to make it new every week here on this show. And if you take the same approach to your life, including life on the road, wow, all the things that are available to us in the future, which, Mark, if you talk to some scientists, visionaries, in my opinion, the future is now and results will follow. You've had the chance to talk about that on Cars. Yeah. Share some of that with us, please. Oh gosh, there's so much to share here. You know, and I'm I love that word share because we're going to be sharing with our listeners today that the future is here with respect to electric vehicles, battery technology, and alternative fuels. And given all the people I get to talk to from all walks of life, I've recently, in the last two or three months, had a lot of people on my show who are scientists and people in the EV world and the battery world. And that's why I wanted to, to bring a few of those to you today. So would you like to start with uh, maybe some battery technology today on uh, the case of EVs or alternative fuels? I'll let you, <laughs> let you choose. Is there a door number three? No. <laughs> yeah, there, actually, there is a door number three. <laughs> and many three. more besides, I have a yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah. Mark, why don't you update us a bit, because we have talked about this before, the battery technology and electric vehicles, that has been controversial, so probably internationally, but I've talked to people within the United States who say the strength of the battery, the ability of the technology to build better and better batteries is at the heart of the EV technology. Absolutely. So the first guy I want to talk about is a guest I had on not too long ago. Uh, and I speak to people from all over the world. This gentleman was in Israel. So I believe he was the third guest I've had on my show from Israel. His name is Doran Myersdor. And Myersdorf, sorry, there's an F on the end of that. It's a mouthful. Uh, Doran is the CEO of Store.Dot, S-T-O-R-E-D-O-T. It's a He's a pioneer and a leader of extreme fast charging batteries, which they call XFC. And what they do is they overcome a critical barrier to mainstream electric vehicle adoption, and that is range and charging anxiety. As we all know, people who are thinking about EV cars, there's all these different complex issues on whether it would make sense for them. The first one, of course, starts at home where they can charge the vehicle. The other is where they can stop to charge the vehicle. And the last one is distance. But his technology at StoreDot, it talks about revolutionizing the conventional lithium-ion battery. And what he's done is he's designed it and synthesized its proprietary organic and inorganic compounds, which makes it possible to fully charge an electric vehicle in just five minutes. So if you think about it, that's about the same amount of time it takes to fill a 20-gallon gas tank when you pull up. So that issue of pulling up to a fuel stop, plugging in your electric car and having to go eat a meal or sit around for 30, 45 minutes, or if you're at home, 
where power comes in very slow into your home, which is kind of weird to think about power moving slow, but there's different levels. He's figured out a way to make it fast and easy. So now we can just basically pull up to a EV pump, not a gas pump, plug in the car, go in and get a, a candy bar or a soda, come back out and you're ready to go. Now you may ask, wait a minute, I thought that wasn't possible, but it is because what he's done is he's rethought the concept of the battery going in through the negative end of the battery and reconfiguring what is happening on the inside of the battery. You remember when the cell phones were blowing up in people's pockets and catching on fire? Yes. Yeah. Well, what was happening there was they were trying to develop, I think, I believe it might've been Samsung. I'm sorry if I'm wrong about that, but they were developing phones that you could charge faster because that's the other thing. Our cell phones, we want them to charge quickly. But when you pump all that juice in very fast, it heats that battery up and those batteries go through heat cycles. And we all know we have phones that sometimes feel a little warm on the back. And we're like, what's going on here? Well, those batteries were exploding because of all those cycle changes and that rapid induction of power. So what he's done is Doron basically reinvented the battery. He went to all these different people and said, this is what we're going to do. And everyone told him he was a fool. He was crazy. You can't do that. Everyone said, you can't do it. We're not going to give you any money. Well, he found some people who were forward thinking like he was. He convinced them to support his brand. He's got, I think, 30 PhDs and they've done it. And he tells me that in about three years, maybe sooner, they'll be putting these batteries into vehicles and you'll have that part of your trip anxiety resolved. Isn't that incredible? It is incredible. And it also puts me in mind of a documentary I saw that among many other things stated that if we have access to what is figuratively at the bottom of the sea, there are elements there that could help undergird an entire battery industry that we are going to need if we're going to make significant progress on fuel efficiency and a battery that uh, can be produced that will take you farther than 300 miles in the continental United States. You know, you can only buy so many candy bars, right? So if you're <laughs> able to do something in five minutes, that's going to take you that far or farther. It's going to take the elements and the, the proper use <laughs> and reconfiguration of them to make these batteries, which frankly, not that long ago seemed like pure science fiction, though I found out from you, Mark Green, that Battery technology, the marriage of the battery and the car actually goes back about 100 years. Well, longer back than that, if, if you think about the Porsche mark, Dr. Ferdinand Porsche, his first vehicle was electric. And in fact, on the lawn at Pebble Beach last summer, they had a whole group of electric cars that were well over 100 years old. And a lot of people don't realize that that's really where the transportation in the automobile began. And they realized that these batteries back then were too big. They didn't have the technology. And then, of course, the combustion engine came along. You can thank um, Daimler Benz for that uh, and his wife, Bertha Benz, who took the first drive in a car and stopped at the first gas station, which was not a gas station. Uh, but she figured out a way to stop at a, uh, I think it was at a, uh, 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 where, do we, where do you buy your, uh, I'm losing my mind here. You go and go in and buy your uh, vitamins and things like that. Um, a drugstore. That's the word I'm looking for. And, but back then they had special liquids and things that she could make. But we, we're diverting off course here because the next guest I want to talk about is another one that is dealing in the battery industry. Because batteries are one of those key things. 
they have good connotations, bad. I mean, we're digging up stuff from the planet. We can't do that forever. We've got to find ways to recycle these things so that we're not just keeping to digging up into the planet and causing all sorts of challenges with, um, uh, you can say climate change or also just pollution and so forth. And just the, the stigmatism and things that come with the battery components that have to be dug out of the earth. And that was Dr. Carl Telford. He's from the Consortium for Battery Innovation. Uh, they're out of Belgium and England. There's a whole consortium here working with companies, huge companies, to figure out a better way of facilitating batteries. Um, his company basically facilitates funding and opportunities for lead batteries across multiple applications and sectors. Uh, he has over 20 experienced um, 20 years of experience, I should say, in research, consulting, and R&D in the battery industry uh, for road mapping and uh, finding companies that find better ways to create batteries. And he's working with private and public organizations to come up with some better ways to develop battery technology and how these batteries work. And you could see how his company could work in conjunction with Doran uh, at StoreDot to figure out better ways to make batteries work better. So it's kind of reassuring to me that there's big organizations and there's huge companies behind this. One of them that I discovered was BP, British Petroleum. And you'd think, well, wait, those guys are pumping oil out of the ground. They're producing gasoline and fuels, but they realize the future is changing too. And their goal is to someday turn their 18,000 plus gas stations into electric pump stations, or maybe a combination of both because that leads us into the idea of alternative fuels. Alternative fuels. And uh, you gave me the name. I went and Googled it. I don't claim to understand the science behind it. God <laughs> knows that's complicated. Yeah. And uh, these people are geniuses who put this uh, in their minds on blackboards, on paper, maybe in test tubes, but they keep working at it because the future is coming upon us. And we need to be, in terms of automotive technology, we simply need to be ready to greet it. Prometheus fuels. Now, Mark, back when I was studying mythology way back in high school and freshman year of college, as I recall, Prometheus flew too near the sun and he had rather a bad day. It was a hard landing. <laughs> so here, if we speak aspirationally, Prometheus fuels sounds very bold indeed. Yeah, Rob is an incredible uh, gentleman. He's a veteran of the U.S. Navy. He was in their explosive ordnance disposal teams. So he works with the Navy SEALs and he was awarded the Navy Commendation Medal for Valor. And it, that was for clearing naval mines off the coast of Iraq. Uh, he's a PhD in engineering from Yale. He's a brilliant guy. He served our country, did very dangerous things, but he's one of these guys that we need. He's he's like the other guests I talked about or the Elon Musk of the world or uh, anybody who thinks way, way, way outside the box. And let me tell you a little bit about what Rob is doing. It's voodoo magic in my mind. Uh, Rob McGinnis, he founded uh, Prometheus Fuels. It's a Silicon Valley startup. And here's what he does. He removes CO2 from the air and turns it into zero net carbon gasoline, diesel, and jet fuels that are superior to fossil fuels, all at a lower price. Now, everybody listening should like that because you've seen what's happened in the last year with fuel prices at the pump. I mean, it's absolutely out of control and it seems to still be going higher. Um, Rob is the author of over 20 patents. Uh, he invented the first 
direct air capture CO2 to fuels processes that can produce drop in replacement for fossil fuels. And he's made a breakthrough in uh, contributions in the energy sector, nanotechnology, desalination. He had a company where he figured out how to purify seawater. He developed that company, sold the technology, moved on to the next thing. Rob's one of these people that we need in the world because he never sits still and he's always looking at ways to create things that are better for our lives and better for the environment. So here's a simple way to think about what Prometheus is doing. You take the solar power that we create through solar panels and wind farms, and instead of driving pumps that are pumping oil out of the ground, you pump these, you, you power, I should say, these silos he's creating through his technology that actually suck the CO2 out of the air and create fuel out of it. Now, it sounds like magic, but if you go to his website, which is a very cool website, he's done it in a very simplistic way for something that's very complicated. It's absolutely fascinating. And here's the cool thing. When he figured out how to take seawater and make it into fresh water where we could drink it and use it for uh, irrigation and so forth, he used these membranes that he passed the water through that created ways to change it. And he's using some of that same membrane technology of taking the CO2 out of the air to create fuel out of it. I know it sounds like magic, but he's doing it. He's made it happen. And we're going to be seeing these things implemented in the next year or two. You know, Mark, I'm just going to go, I'll I'll dip a toe into the twilight zone here. For (laughs) many years, I have speculated that if there is anything to the phenomenon, which is now known as unidentified aerial phenomena, back in the old days, they called them flying saucers, then UFOs. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Extraterrestrial technology. Have they been here? Are they coming here? How would they get here and then go back home? If there is anything to that, I have had this suspicion that you have to know from whatever planet you are, you have to know how to use what you have around you if the problem you're trying to defeat over such vast distances has to do with propulsion. I mean, you know, if you take forever to get someplace and forever to get back, the whole mission, the reason for you doing so becomes irrelevant over that much time. Yes. But what if we're talking about using what you have around you and repurposing through Mm. the reimagination of fuel technology? Yeah. I've always wondered, I thought, well, I don't know if the, if the saucers are using that. Maybe there's a way we can co-op <laughs> that here on Earth for our next road trip. That would be a lovely future to have. Well, if only those aliens would land and give us some of their secrets, Uh, and maybe they have, and the governments are hiding that from us. I don't know about that, but it's an interesting concept. And one of the things that I heard from the other two guests who are developing battery technology, uh, Dr. Carl Telford and Doran Meyersdorf, is that we have to come up with alternative fuels. Uh, Both of them told me that if you gave everybody on the planet an electric vehicle tomorrow, let's take the price out, which is a barrier for many people because these electric vehicles are expensive. But if you gave everybody on the planet an electric vehicle tomorrow, it would not work. Many people have nowhere to plug it in overnight. Car sits outside, they live in a city, they don't have a garage. Uh, There's not enough power in most of the power grids here in the United States to power all these things. So now you've got a bunch of cars that can't be used. People that don't drive short distances 
can't use them because they need to go longer distances. They can't afford to sit and recharge their car for 45 minutes. So there's all these barriers, but these alternative fuels like what Rob is doing at Prometheus will provide us alternatives to keep some of the cars on the road we have. And maybe for people like me who love old cars, we can still continue to drive them because there's a way to fuel them. But to do it as a or at a much lower cost and a more efficient way to do it. So again, you're not pumping it out of the earth and refining it and creating all the issues that it creates. So there's a lot of different angles here to think about this. And that kind of leads me into, you asked at the beginning about the third door, and that is people that are creating EV cars. You want to hear about a guy? Absolutely. Well, I've had many people on the show who are building electric vehicles, all different kinds from the little Solo, which is a one seat inner city type car. Uh, I had the president of that company on my show to a gentleman who was on this week, uh, Mullen Automotive, and he's building a very big, very nice, very expensive uh, SUV crossover that's all electric, but it is super luxurious. But Jim Taylor was on my show not too long ago. He's out of Troy, Michigan, and his company is called Electric Last Mile Solutions. And he is an incredible guy who comes from the automotive industry. He's worked in the automotive industry for a long time. In fact, he was uh, holding various leadership positions at General Motors from 1995 to 2010. He was a CEO of their Hummer division. Remember when the Hummers came out? Oh, yes. And how a lot of people, oh, those are terrible cars. Other people love them. Uh, they came. He was there when they started. He was there when GM stopped that whole program and the Hummer went away. Um, and there's an interesting sidebar to that. He was also the president of Cadillac. So he saw that resurgence of Cadillac when they brought their brand out and tried to approach young people with the Cadillac brand, which they've done very well. And the new Cadillacs, of course, are coming out with the EVs. But here's the interesting thing. Jim was around when the Hummer factory was built. He was part of that program. Well, when GM shut it down, they had this big factory with nothing to do. Well, Jim's new company, Electric Last Mile Solutions, bought that same facility that he helped build for General Motors and Hummer to start his company, Electric Last Mile Solutions. And what they're doing is they're transforming commercial fleets to driving the e-mobility business of today and tomorrow. And their technology is to create these vehicles that are used for driving around and delivering things you know, like all these amazon trucks we see every day they typically drive in a very short circle and then they go back and they're used again the next day or that night so he's creating these vehicles that are electric vehicles that are used in that way that work for what's happening in the industry now but i found it fascinating that he worked for gm built a plant the plant went under a GM, shut it down. And then he ended up back in his same plant in his new company, building electric last mile solutions for deliveries. Because one of the things we've seen during COVID, you notice how many more delivery vehicles are on the road? Because we're all yes. home now. We're all ordering online, right? We, we're, right? we're making Jeff Bezos even more, more uh, wealthy uh, with all these online deliveries. I see on my street, gosh, probably four to five vehicles a day. And I live in a little cul-de-sac. When we talk about reimagining the technology, and you just gave us a great example, I also wonder about, it, as it were, the back end of that whole phenomenon, because I can imagine, I don't know whether it would pan out or not, Mark, but how about cars from 40, 50, 60 years ago? 
would there be a way of repurposing those vehicles themselves by means of the coming technology so that you can get into your Plymouth Barracuda that you've been waiting to get out of the garage after winter is over and take it in a very fuel efficient way as far as you want to go? Wouldn't that be lovely? Well, I think there's going to be ways to do that. And here's a simple way to think about it. When the horse was the primary mode of transportation and the car came along, they didn't invent a faster horse, as Henry Ford said. That's what they would have done if they thought that was the right approach. They came out with a new thing. Well, that's where EVs are taking us. However, when we go back to, say, alternative fuels, if you could create a fuel that you could use in that Barracuda or any other old car, and you could suck it out of the air and create it in a very positive way, I, I think, versus pumping it out of the ground. That sounds a little bit better. Plus, his technology releases oxygen back into the air, so it's feeding the environment. It's not just taking, it's giving back. That's a way that we can keep those cars on the road and use them. Now, you think about horses. They never went away. People still ride horses today, but they ride them in specific places. So I think that's in talk for another day. There's a lot of companies creating private clubs, private driving courses, private racetracks, for people to take their cool old cars and go and use them in a fun, safe way. So I think the future for our old cars is very bright and very rosy. I love the optimism. All of this aspirational talk gets me excited about that part of technology that I hope to experience before my time is up on this earth. It just sounds wonderful. What was once science fiction is now active science, genius science. Before we say goodbye here, please tell us who's coming up in coming days on Cars Yeah. You've got a wonderful thing going with the Cars Yeah phenomenon, Mark. Well, you know, when you do five shows a week, there's all sorts of things coming up on Cars Yeah. I encourage your listeners to go to my website. You can listen to all past 2,000 plus shows. Uh, I'm going to be recording my 2012 show tomorrow with a very young uh, 18-year-old racer who's on his way to Indy. Um, I've, I interview so many different people that there's there's so many good shows coming up, and I think everyone's going to be very excited to see a variety of people that are on Cars Yeah, no matter what you like. So I encourage you to go to the Cars Yeah website, or you can follow me on social media. I'm very active there as well. Cars Yeah is easy to find. It's on every mobile podcast app that's out there, so you can listen on a device while you're on the road having fun on a road trip. Thank you, Mark Green. I always love it when you come on the show. I learn so much and you present this material so enjoyably and so accessibly. So thank you once again, sir. We will do this again. Absolutely. Thank you. This has been great. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please, get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.